Welcome back to the Energy Captains. I am so excited. Again, I always talk about how my dream in life is to have all my favorite people in one place, and that is happening at this moment. We have our co-host here, Cameron Lynch. Um, thanks for being on, Cam. And then we have our special guest, world champion, Steve McClendon, and I'm lucky enough to get to call both of you guys friends and to get to work with you off the field. Um, and so it's so much fun to have worlds colliding and, and bring you both on. And Steve, I know you're like very popular these days since you won a Super Bowl. So thanks for giving us little people some of your time. I appreciate you having me. Of course. And what's cool about this episode is that not only have both you guys played on the box, but Super Bowl 55 was absolutely legendary for the people on this call. Steve, you won the Super Bowl. Cam, you got to broadcast the game. So, you know, we're going to obviously hear what it was like to play in the game. But Cam, what was it like having that moment on the Jumbotron being the in-game host? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, just really playing at Raymond James was awesome in college and in the pros and then be able to broadcast right that next step, that next level. So it, it was an absolute uh, treat. And also to see Whitney, see you at the game and knowing that Steve's on the field, getting that time in. Um, Steve, I, I want to think about it, but I think what, at what point were you, I think Vita got hurt maybe like that second quarter maybe, and then you might have took off for the rest of the game. What was that like for you uh, at the Super Bowl? So for me in the Super Bowl, it was like all I just wanted to do was just get there because I told I told my coaches, I told the player, teammates, I was like, man, y'all don't understand what this game really means to me and me personally. Um, I, I was there 10 years ago and I lost. And I watched that confetti ring down on the Green Bay Packers. And that, that has been in my mind for the past 10 years. So when I stepped on that field, I was singularly focused to absolutely sacrifice everything in my body, in my will, to make sure that we live in paradise at the end of the day. It's like you had that hunger. I mean, you've been playing for 12 years. Was there ever a point where you doubted if you were going to make it or did you always know this moment would come? I always, always believed the moment would come. Like I always trained with that mindset. And I, for, for, for some reason, I never doubted it. Like that, that's the number one question everybody asks me. 12 years, did you doubt it? Oh, absolutely not. Because I knew that that opportunity was going to come or I was going to die trying to get it. And that, that was my, my ultimate goal to, to win the Super Bowl, to like everything that I have accomplished that I wanted to accomplish in this business, I have accomplished already. And as soon as the game was over with, I started thinking about winning number two. Like, how can I win number two? Like, I get up every morning still training, still going to the gym, and I'm thinking every day, how can I possibly win number two? And like that, I guess that's just a competitor in me, um, the love for the game, the, just to being able to, to watch that confetti rain down on us, the, to watch how close – it brings guys, not only just uh, the guys, just like that team, uh, the culture. It, make, it, it makes everything change. Um, it, it's, it's, it's very special. Like, I would absolutely sacrifice everything once again to help help a team, uh, help the Bucks as well to win another championship. As I tell you, you yeah, you're going to oh, live go here forever, so I like hearing you talk about doing it again with the Bucks, so I don't start crying on this podcast. All right. <laughs> And Steve, how does your family feel about it, Steve? Like, you know, it's a big moment for you, but it's, I'm sure it's a big moment for them as well. I'm sure they were with you, you know, while you were training, helping you, helping you with your meals and everything. How does it feel for your family? Uh, man, it was exciting. So the, the, as soon as the game ended for, for me, instead of doing the celebration, like, at the podium, I ran out, I ran out of the tunnel when I got my, my, my family. 
because I think that that moment was just as big for me as it was for him. They seen the hard work. They seen the early mornings, the late nights. They seen the blood. They seen the, they seen the, the like the the time. They seen the crowd, the tears, and they they seen everything that I put into this game. Like they seen the passion. They seen the desire. Um, I don't use the word the hunger. I don't use hungry, but they seen how driven I was. They seen how focused I was. And they understood one thing and one thing that's the most important thing. And that's the one thing that I, I always live by, live by. They understood that I have one life to live and they wanted me to live it to the fullest. And, and so for me, I had to give back a portion that was given to me. They sacrificed a lot for me. So I wanted to give back and not just, just them, but like, I feel like, man, I always tell people, man, God bless me with an opportunity to do something very, very special and not just special for me. The assignment for me, he gave, he said, I'm going to give you something, but you have to give me something as well. And, and what I think what I have to do is basically give the gift that he has given me away to as many, many, many people that as I can have that come in contact with. Um, so what I have been doing since I've still been in Tampa, I've been thinking of ways to how can I help others? Um, how can I encourage and uplift others? But also how can I spend more time and be more active in my family? my family's lives. And I think what makes both of you so special is you both have a level of positivity that no one else matches. And I think where in a lot of circumstances, most people would get down or sort of give up. You guys both inspire me with, with how positive you are and how mentally tough. I mean, throughout those 12 years, it's, you know, this is the fairy tale ending, but I'm sure you had lots of hard moments and disappointing days. And you know, how did you stay strong and positive when everyone else was sort of getting demoralized around you? Uh, like I, I never, I never took my, my my faith or my focus off that one come and go. Like I only seen one thing. So like I was singular focus for for the past ten years. Once I had opportunity to see that trophy for the first time, like to be able to play in that game, to be at that game, just just to see that, I only was focused on one thing. Like that I never, I was never down. Like every, after, after every season was ending and I still was, I was, or if I was in the playoff and it ended, if I was like just in the regular season and it was over, I never was upset. I will always watch every playoff game. I will always watch the Super Bowl and not, not only just watch it, like I would study it like it was film because I was like, what did, what are they doing different than, than us? And I was like, well, since I'm the voice, of this team, I want to make sure that I'm telling them everything that I saw in this game. So I, what I would do, I was basically taking nuggets. I was taking nuggets from every team that won. Um, and then I took so many from Kansas City last year. I remember Kansas City was down. And the one thing I told the guys, I spent these guys know how to come from behind. I was like, we have seen it time after time after time after time. I was like, but that, that stops here. The reason why is most people get relaxed when they play that team. Man, they have no, they go to playing super safe. And not too much that we're not gonna play safe. We're gonna still play reckless. We're still gonna play like like with our hair is on fire. Not and but we're gonna play smart. So I started telling guys, man, play extremely fast, play extremely hard, but play extremely smart as well. I said, because this team know how to come from behind. If we can keep them down going into the fourth quarter. That's when they, I feel like that will give us the momentum to win the game. But I also told them in, in the beginning of the week, 
I was like, this game does not have to be close. It doesn't. It does not have to be close. It's all about your mindset. It's all about the will. And I, and I, and I told the guys before the game, I said, man, if you, I said, we already paid the price. And that price was called sacrifice. That's the, that's the price that you paid. That's sacrifice. I said, why not live in paradise today? Today is our paradise. Pay the price of sacrifice to live in paradise. Today is our paradise. And, and, and we went out and had a heck of a game. Um, we believed in the game plan. We executed the game plan. Uh, we was focused on what we were supposed to be doing and not them. And that's, that's, that's how you're supposed to. And that's how you win a championship game. Steve, I'm ready to play right now. I mean, hey, I know I'm retired, but I'm ready to go. And, <laughs> you know, you, you played over a decade, right? You played the game over a decade, and you came to the Bucs as a free agent, just like me. But this past year came to the Bucs as a free agent. Can you speak to the guys that came to the team this year as free agents and really help the team get to this point? So, like, this is the number one thing I tell them, man. Don't look at about where you came from or anything like that. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't look, at, don't look at any of that. I said, man, stay single and focus on the things that you want to accomplish. Not only that, the ultimate goal, and that's that team goal. So the number one thing is always stay focused. The second thing I would tell them, and uh, as Whitney knows, that I always, every time I speak, this is the only thing I always talk about. They call it the Focus Driven Life Code. But the second thing is called stay driven. You have to stay driven. Um, like focus is an acronym. So this, I actually break this down to everybody. So when I tell people to stay focused, I tell them to stay following one course until successful. <coughs> excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I tell them to stay focused, follow one course until successful. That's what focus means. And I'll be like, stay driven. And, and, and driven means dreams remain in vision every day and night. That's an acronym as well. It's broken down into an acronym form as well. Dreams remain in vision every day and night. Then, like I tell them, the third one, I was like, man, in this business, you have one life. You have one life to live. And the acronym for life means living faith every day. So when I tell you you have one life, you have to believe in your focus. You have to believe in your drive. You have to believe in that driven that you have. So ultimately, if you focus on your driven, your driven will become your life. So that's what I tell them, guys. Man, the code that has helped me be successful, the code that has helped me stay on path, the code that has helped me so much in dark moments and low places was this focus-driven life code. I'm going to focus on my driven because I understand that my driven will become my life. Wow. I, the church is <clears throat> I mean. The most, the most powerful words you could possibly hear. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're amazing on the football field, but the impact you have with your words on people's lives completely changes them forever, including myself. So anyone who gets to come in contact with you is, you know, should be incredibly grateful. And I think feels lucky to have crossed paths with you. I'm just curious, you know, obviously I met you in New York when you were with the Jets. Uh, we met uh, basically for two minutes under a firework display. So it's amazing that we ended up getting to work together. But both of you or neither of you, I should say, are from the Tampa area. I grew up here. My family's here. So I've been obsessed with Tampa for a long time. I'm curious how you feel about the area coming in, um, you know, as an outsider and, you know, playing in a new city and, and what your perspective of Tampa was like after you got here. Um, man, I, first of all, I was back in the, I was back in the South. That's something I could ask for, be back in the South. It's warm weather. I don't have to wear 
all those winter clothes. <laughs> like, I, listen, I love, I love New York. I love Pittsburgh, but it's nothing like putting on sandals and some some shorts and a t-shirt every day. Like, Cam, it's, not, it's nothing it, that matches that. Cam played it's nothing Syracuse, that matches that. He knows that you know cold life well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 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 I don't miss the cold. I don't miss the cold at all. Uh, I embrace that cold weather, but man, I absolutely love Tampa. Man, I absolutely love Tampa. I'm yeah. still here. I'm still here. <laughs> well, Tampa's title town. Yeah, Tampa yeah, Bay. Well, and for both you guys, I, I played a role that I had never expected of realtor. So when Cam was here, I helped him find his current house and then same for you. So I'm hopeful, Steve, that that means similar to Cam, that you're never going to leave me and that you're going to put down roots here. Well, I can't say that. <laughs> I, I, I love Temple, but I also love Georgia. That's where my that's where my gym is at too. I, I'm, that's that's where I'm gonna be at. Uh, once I leave here, I'll go back. I'll go back to Georgia, as you know, um, and I'll go straight to work. It, it doesn't. It don't stop for me. It doesn't the mindset never changes? Like I I, I tried to figure out other ways, um, but I said, man. The mindset that I have, it's been working. It's been working for 12 years. Uh, so I'm going to continue to train off that mindset. But that mindset that I have, I'm also going to apply it to life. Outside of football, I'm going to apply it to business. I'm going to apply it to the youth. I'm going to apply it to my speaking. Everything that, I, everything that I had done for this game, I said I have to do it for life as well because this game has helped me become successful because of the mindset that I had. And that's the only way I can be successful outside of this, by keeping that mindset, by keeping that focus, by keeping that drive, that, that driven, and just understanding that I have one life. And uh, the, the, the biggest thing that I always tell myself is rule number one, don't be number two. I tell my kids that, and this year, when I, when I got on the field, my, my kids, my oldest son said something that it, 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 it touched my heart. He said, daddy, What's rule number one? I said, don't be number two. He said, man, you number one. And that like got me. Like, you know, then my daughter, she always, she always get me, you know, daddy, you did it, you did it. So those things, those things are the most, uh, I love Temple, but my heart, my family, they're in Georgia. So that's where I be at with them. That's fair. Cam also grew up uh, near Atlanta's mom and, and grandmother lived there. So, you know, we'll, we'll allow Georgia as a backup option. And I think, you know, as you're talking, what I sort of realized is that you can give awards to people and then other people look at them and say they're famous or they've done well or they've succeeded. But with you, you're building, you know, a forever impact and you have legendary status, like these people that stick with you forever because your victories come with your character. You have the character of a champion where, and that is so much greater and hard, harder to achieve because most people have the outside accolades and accept that and you keep going beyond that and only a small percentage of people do. Um, but you gave a perfect segue to what I want to talk about next, which is um, team MVP and that's how we started working together. But can you tell everyone just a little bit about what you want to accomplish with team MVP, what you're doing there and where it's located? Uh, so it's located in uh, Flower Branch, Georgia. Um, I, I tell everybody it's five minutes away from the Falcons facility. And uh, uh, my my whole objective, my whole objective with Team MVP, like it was given through a vision. Um, I, I was I was blessed with a vision 
to see something, not for me. It's something that's way bigger than football. Um, it, it's way bigger than just sports in general. And what I wanted to do was impact people's lives. I'm not saying I'm trying to change the world, but because I, I can't change the world, but I can help one person that can help another person. That's how we help change the world. Um, so what I want to do, I wanted to help impact people's lives. So from the youth, I understand the youth is our future. Uh, I really understand the youth is our future. So I, I, I put a lot of time into our youth. Um, also, I put a lot of time into um, like high school, um, middle school, just to, 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 to children, period. But then I also, I do, I do a lot of mental, like one thing I had to learn for myself in this business, I feel like we, uh, we, are, we are taught to be extreme savages on Sunday, Monday, Saturdays, and sometimes Thursdays. We're taught that way. We're, we're structured, we're wired that way. But when we walk off that field, they ask us to be this calm, collective guy that, and sometimes it's hard for people to turn that light switch off. So what I started doing, I started doing these things like these mental things. Well, how can I help? How can I help them? How can I help them with their mind, their mental? Uh, how can I help them turn that switch on when it's time to play? And how can I help them turn that switch off when it's time to walk off that field? So well, that's one of my biggest things for the gym. Yes, I want kids to focus. I want kids to be driven. I want kids to understand they have one life. Now I want you know the rule is we won't have one rule, and that's rule number one: don't be number two. But how can all that be accomplished? it has to be attacked here in the mind. So I always try to attack their mindset and I do a lot of little mental things. Like I, I want to sit them down individually. And I always tell parents, and I speak on this one kid because this one kid came in with ADHD. Like, like the parent was saying like, he has to have his medicine or I was like, listen, if you trust me over the summer, I said, you trust me. I said, just give me two weeks. I can guarantee I can change his mind. I, I can change our mind. Um, and I was like, it's sometimes man, it just takes somebody other than the parents to attack the mind. So what I did was I started attacking his mind and like I was spending time with him and I, I started telling the parents how to, to do, like just basically like switch the pill out for a candy that looks the exact same. So they had come from twice a day to once a day to three times a week to absolutely not a kid don't do use it at all. Because I was like, man, we have to, you have to understand. I'm going to preach to this kid every single day. You have to focus. You have to focus. Then not, not only I'm going to preach to him and ask him to tell him you have to focus. I'm going to tell him, I'm going to ask him, what does focus mean? Then I'm going to ask him to go home to bring me the paper back about focus. Now, and I want you to write focus 100 times. I want you to bring it back. And I'm going to read it all 100 times. And when the kids started seeing that, like, I really cared, this kid just immediately it just started, it started shifting. It started shifting. So I really wanted to like, I just really wanted to help people, help people in, 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 in such a special way that at the end of the day, when it's, when it's time for them to go further in life, I don't want anything from it. I don't want anything from them. When, it go, when it's time for them to go off in life, I just wanted to see, see them. I'm just like, man, I know that kid. Well, I know that man. I know that woman. Like, I just, I just want to say for me, like how proud I am of them. Like, I don't want them to get me. I tell my kids right now, I have one, I have two soccer kids that are absolutely amazing. And I tell them, I say, listen, man, y'all don't have to give me any credit. I said, stop, you stop giving me credit. I said, all I am, all I am is a vessel. I'm a coach. I'm a body. You know, I'm a temple here that's supposed to be giving you the message. A lot of people are supposed to be giving the message and they don't, they don't give it away. I said, this is my gift. I'm going to give it to you. 
But all I ask you to do is do the same for somebody else. And I watch these kids play. I watch my sons play. And I, I listen to their communication skills, their people skills, how they treat people. And I said, that right there alone made me proud. So that's what all I wanted for team MVP. So we're going to work hard. We're going to train hard. I'm going to coach you hard. But also I'm going to love you. But the biggest thing is if I can attack the mindset, if I can get the mind, I feel like the body and the rest of you are going to follow. And Steve, you speak about the message. You speak about paying it forward a lot. I'm curious as the people in your life who paid it forward to you, who built you up, because when you speak, I'm like, man, where's my notebook? I need to take some notes, right? So who gave those tools to you as you grew up? So I had a few, had a few over the over my, my time, but you know, my dad was, was he's a tough love guy. So he was tough on me. He was very tough on me, but he only wanted to see the best for me. Uh, also, my, my grandfathers, all, all of my grandfathers, they, they were just absolutely amazing. Uh, they always just talked about hard work, hard work and dedication, hard work and dedication. But I had two coaches in high school that really did the shift for me. Um, you know, uh, and, and Coach Carter uh, and Coach Stapleton. Um, both of those guys, they seen something in me. They both went off to college and played ball. One played basketball, another one played football. And they seen something to me that I didn't see in myself. So every single day, they used to tell me, you need to stay focused, young man. You need to stay focused. So they was telling me, telling me then, it was like, the only time I can get you to focus when you step on this field. You know, and they used, my coach was like, what's the difference from on this field and in the classroom? You still have to learn. You still have to study. I see, he said, it's no different. And like, and then I, I just remember they used to like, just they work me, work me, work me, work me. And it was like, I can't let you go home without making you play sports year round because you don't know how to trust yourself to do the right thing yet. So then one special moment happened to me. I had all these colleges come down and I didn't know about GPAs or anything like that. And um, I really thought I was just going to school because I was good at football. I'm the best in the Wildgrass. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like top in the state. So I was like, man, all these colleges coming at me. So they want me. Like, and that's that's my mentality. And my coach, Coach Stapleton, he, he humbled me something. Oh, man, it changed my life. I remember I was in 11th grade and uh, I had Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Uh, it was like a lot of schools, a lot of schools. And you had Georgia Tech. It was just so many schools. And uh, he brought me in there. And uh, I wonder why. He asked me the week before what my GPA was. I'm like, I don't know. He was like, let's pull it up. So I had a cumulative GPA, no lie, had a cumulative GPA of, in, my, in my junior year in high school, going into my junior year in high school, had a cumulative GPA of 1.7. So my school was actually just because I was so good at sports. It was only, only great grade I really had in my freshman and my sophomore year was math because I love I loved math. Like that was one thing that I loved. And the other ones was just like C's and D's. I, I was doing just enough to get by. He sat me, he, the week before he asked me, he was the one, I was one point, it was a 1.7 GPA, 1.7 GPA. Uh, but like my overall GPA was like a 2.0. And he was like, when he brought me in that room, he said, sit down. Now tell these coaches what your GPA is and why you can't come to that conference. Oh, he embarrassed me, something so special that I, it like it almost brought tears and he seen he see I wouldn't cry, 
but he seen the anger and the 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 like it was just something in me that that instantly it it, it stopped me in my track. And I told him what my cumulative GPA was, and I watched. I watched eight, nine coaches get up and walk out. I watched them get up and walk out. There was like a, nothing I can do for him. Like, there was just like the only thing, if he does make it out of high school, you know, he can do a prep school and just keep working. From that day forward, I never, I never made anything less than a B. From that day forward. Like, right then, my in high school, I made one B my 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 junior year because I started trying to like I was trying to make up for what I did in my ninth and tenth grade year. So I was taking classes that would override my freshman and my sophomore year because since they already passed me, they wouldn't let me go back to summer school and just take classes over each year just so I can boost my GPA. But my last my last two years in high school, I made one B. The rest of them were straight A's. I got to college. I end up still I end up end up getting to college and. Um, my coach, he called me. He, he knew I was going to get a scholarship, but he knew that I wasn't going to get the scholarship that I had wanted. But he was like, it's not over for you. He said, but I had to, I had to, had to let you see something. Man, these people are going to have athletes that are going to come from all around the world. And some of them are going to do the right thing. He said, yeah, someone might not be as talented as you. He said, but they are smart and they have some talent. He said, now what makes them different? He said, why you just couldn't put the smarts with it? And from that day on, I just, I always, I said, man, that's why I say everything's a mindset. And when people say they can't do something, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see why you can't. When people say stuff is impossible, and I said, if you look at the word impossible, if you break it apart, it tells you I'm impossible. So tell me why you can't. And I, and I, I tell my kids all the time, man, we're going to dream big. We don't even do realistic goals in my house. We do unrealistic goals. The reason why, because realistic goals are limitations that you already have in your life. When you have, when you set unrealistic goals, they are so hard to achieve that you're going to get closer to achieving them and kill your realistic goal. I did it. I've done it numerous of times. I done did it numerous of times with kids. So I was like, if it'll work on a child, I know it work on college, high school, and pros. Like I'm talking about eight, nine, ten year olds. I work. I do it all the time. 11, 12 year olds do it all the time. I tell them, give me a paper with all your realistic goals you want to accomplish in the game. And I'll take my son, for instance. He was playing this uh, flag football game in uh, Carolina. And he was like, well, you know, if I get two touchdowns, three touchdowns, um, and, you know, I get like eight flags, you know, in, and probably one or two interceptions. And he's like, I feel like that's a, good, that's a good day. I said, okay, now tell me unrealistic goals. And he was like, he was like 10 picks. 10 touchdowns, 20 flags. Um, and, and he was just saying like all types of stuff. I said, so we're going to throw, I took the realistic goals and I balled it up. And I said, listen, you already told me what your realistic goals were. And I said, if you take this word off called unrealistic, what's the, what, you take the UN off un, unrealistic, what are you left with? He said, realistic. I said, now this is your realistic goal. We focused, we, we trained for two weeks prior ahead into Carolina. We trained for two weeks. Uh, we were always trained, but we really started focusing more on, on that training then, on that part. He goes to Carolina. He absolutely killed the realistic goals. But not only killed the realistic goals, he killed the unrealistic goals as well. Wow. Like, he, he goes there. He's, he scores. In the, in the first game, he has five touchdowns, three picks. Like, in the very first game. And I told myself, man, you, I, I keep telling you, son, we don't do limitations. We don't put limitations on you. 
like when I, and I guarantee you, if you look at somebody that's going to space, they, they literally are going to space without limitations because they don't know what they really going to run into. They don't know if they ever come back home. They're going to take that chance. I said, man, take those limitations off your life. I don't have limitations on my life. I, and and I, I tell people, and it was like, they said, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. This is what they, well, I had a coach tell me this three years ago. He was like, you can't teach. He's like, two years later, I, I got better and better. I was like, and I called him up. And I said, man, you know what? I don't, I don't never get mad when a coach tell me that. I said, man, I needed that. I said, I appreciate you. I needed that motivation. I needed that motivation. Three years ago, I was 325 pounds. I was 320-some pounds. I'm 310 today. He told me I was just going to be a traditional nose tackle. I'm a, I'm, I'm a defensive tackle. Like, I play from the five technique, the four, the three. I, I changed that. It's because sometimes when you somebody put limitations on your life, you want to you wanna prove them wrong. But I said, no, let's not prove them wrong. Let's prove yourself right. You know that you can do it. You believe you can do it. Now prove yourself right. Stop focusing on them. So that's the reason why I tell people, don't focus on anybody else. Focus on yourself. Focus on what you have to accomplish. Keep that driven and understand, ultimately, you only have one life to live. So if you focus that way, you will, you will kill your unrealistic goals. You will knock off limitations. Like You will do some things that are so, so special in your own life. It's just because you believe in you 100% out of 100 Wow, Steve, such powerful, incredible words. And I think what's so amazing to me is that you had your coaches that saw something in you and that allowed you to reach your potential. And, you know, people just hope in their lives, maybe they can touch or impact a few other people around them. And what's so magical and legendary about you is that everyone you come in contact with, you see in them what they don't even know is possible within themselves. And so you're helping everyone you meet live the happiest, most successful, most fulfilling life. And I don't think there's a greater impact that you could leave on people. I think it's, I, I think it's, it's, not, it's not about me. That's, that's how I always thought. It's, it's never about me. It's, it's, I'm, I, always, I talk to two things that I, I, I was just talking to my kids about. So before, I'm about to give you all some uncut stuff that I ain't even dropped yet. Good, we like we that talk here. About self <laughs> so we talk about selfish and selfless. And, I, and, and the two things, so this is something that I'm writing on right now. So it's not even finished. But I was telling my kids, I said, man, it's a difference between being selfish and selfless. I'm like, it's a time for being selfish and it's, it's a time for being selfless. When you're in your training, when you're in your, when you're in your the, the things that you have to do to prepare, that's the time to be selfish. So because I, I don't want them to understand. I, I want them to understand, like, I don't want them to feel like selfish is a bad word. I never want them to understand. I, don't, never, I never want them to feel like selfish is bad. It's always bad. Because I feel like we associate so many things with negative things. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, but I'm going to show them how to be selfish. And when to be selfish. When selfish is okay to be selfish. But I'm also, ultimately, I'm going to show them how to be selfless. So I told them, I said, man, when you step on that field, that's the time to be selfless. In your preparation, in your training, when you one-on-one, that's time to be selfish. You focus on you, you focus on your craft, you focus on, that. those are things that are, are selfish, but that's not a bad selfish. So what, I, what I've been telling them is like, understand, everybody wants you to do this, everybody's gonna want you to do that. They're gonna want you to move these certain ways. 
I said, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to make a decision which type of man you want to be. This is what I tell my boys. You got to make a decision. I said, I can be selfish and want you to be a certain way. I said, but I have to understand as a father, I have to be selfless and put you first and let you make those decisions. So like one thing I was able to see, I talked about this a weekend ago before they went to play the lacrosse game. And um, my son said, he said, dad, I can tell already after the first half, he said, I can tell already they're going to try to put their, they're going to try to put the two kids on me. He said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to drive them to the hole and I'm going to pass it off. And I was like, why are you going to drive in the hole when you can just shoot from far back and make it? He said, dad, it's about being selfless. I said, oh. I said, you know what? You're right. You're right. I said, you're right. I said, man, you, listen, man, I said, do what you do. I said, man, I, I always tell my kids, I said, man, you're the one playing, not me. You're the one playing. This is your day. So literally, they come back out. He wins the face off. He drives down. He backs out. And I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, I was like, I know he's not really doing this. He gets the ball. He drives down again. He's forcing it. Uh, he forces because he has a, a friend that plays with him, which is his best friend. He has another kid that's really friend that he's really cool with as well. He knew that his best friend, they was going to try to jump back to his best friend. <clears throat> He told me all this like at their little halftime. He said, I'm gonna take him down, I'm gonna fake it to Brandon, I'm gonna pass it off to the other kids. Man, I can't remember right now. He comes down, he does it, the kids jump to the middle to close him off. The second time he attacks really fast, he fakes like he's gonna throw to Brandon, and he throws to the other kid, they scored. And I'm just like, I know my message is getting across. I know they hear, they I know it understands, they understand it. Now I feel even better because if I see my own kids do it, that see me every day and hear me all the time, I know for somebody else to, 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 to get rid of the selfish ways and be selfless, it's going to show up so much. So that's how I look at it. It's like, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be selfish. Sometimes I want to be selfish. I'm selfish in my training. I'm most definitely selfish in, selfish in my training, and everybody knows that. When I'm training, this is about me. This is my time. This is get my body right. So I can be selfless when it's time for us to step on this field. Because the selfish of you not want me to train hard and make sure I'm in the best shape or make sure I'm ready for us when we step on competition, battle for competition. Wow. And I think that's such an important differentiation because like you said, everyone talks about selfishness ha having a negative connotation. I feel like the light bulb goes off when you know people hear you talk about that and especially knowing your kids are executing your vision. I mean, that has to be sort of the most um, rewarding thing that you do because it's your sort of forever legacy. And I know you have to go catch a flight, but there was just one last thing that I quickly wanted to leave you with is, you know, I, the, I can speak for myself, at least, and I know everyone else feels this way, but anyone who gets to know you, you know, cross paths with you, work with you, you make us feel like the most special people on the planet. And when you and I, you know, team MVP was starting and we were working on some, you know, marketing materials, um, we created this combine brochure and you sent me a text that I don't even know if you know this, but I've kept it and read it almost every day since. And if it's okay, I want to share it with you. But you said, I just want to let you know how thankful I am for you. You have made my life so much more purposeful. I always knew my purpose, but I didn't know how to express it. Every time I look at my brochure, it 
brings me so much joy. Thank you for helping me carry out my dream and purpose. And between that and what you wrote on the jersey yesterday, like I had tears in my eyes and just those messages of gratitude and to know that you did something where you were able to help someone who's as special as you, like you've had a forever impact on my life and both the jersey and this message. I'm going to save forever because you completely filled up my heart. Thank you. Now break it in. Give me a hug. Big hug. Yeah, hug, hug. Yeah, big hug. Big hug. <laughs> Team Tampa. Team Tampa Bay. All right. We don't want you to miss your flight bus. Thank you for coming on. And we know this is just the beginning. Hopefully, you know, we can all cross paths in the future to make some more magic happen. Uh, because I feel like it, it was just kind of meant to be that we all came into each other's lives. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Y'all have a blessed day. Not only that, just be safe out here. Yeah. We but, will. But do be, be safe with, with a smile, though. Be safe with a smile. <laughs> we, we can't wait till you come back to Tampa. We're already counting the minutes. All right. All right. Jeez, it's been a pleasure. Bye. Thank you, man. All the time. All right.